On today's Hashi, I'm discussing Zillow's November market report, Macy's real estate portfolio, and the latest CPI data released this morning. Today is Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. I am Byron Lazine, and the Hashi starts now. Okay, kind of a big day today as we have some CPI data, which we will cover at the end of the stream here. Let me know in the live chat which market you are tuning in from. Uh, we also have today marking the start of, or actually I believe it's, is it today? Yeah, it is today. It's marking the start of the FOMC meeting today and tomorrow two-day meeting for the FOMC. Jerome Powell and the Fed will meet and Wednesday afternoon, tomorrow afternoon, we will hear from Jerome Powell, and we'll break that all down on Thursday, as we always do. But before all that, let's jump into Zillow's November 2023 market report. Zillow claims that buyers are finding a bit of relief as prices and rates ease. Okay, so here's what Zillow believes buyers should know about the market right now and what potential sellers should be keeping in mind. Okay, here are the three bullet points uh, for buyers, lower mortgage rates and cooling home values made a home purchase slightly more affordable in November. So welcome uh, sign for all buyers. Price cuts are more common than normal. Chances are good that prices are negotiable. So price cuts are more common than normal uh, per Zillow. More normal if you go back on a 10-year run, uh, but price cuts are less likely than this time last year. Remember, we went over this yesterday uh, with Altos Research, where last year we were running at 42%. Um, this time of year, this year we're running at 38% of listings. We'll, we'll do a price cut higher than normal, yes, lower than this time last year, though. Okay, while choices are still scarce compared to pre-pandemic norms, the inventory deficit is shrinking. We are seeing that uh, albeit very small numbers. What potential sellers should keep in mind, competition for attractive listings is still hotter than normal in the low inventory environment. Homes are selling two weeks faster than the pre-pandemic. So be, go back to 2019, uh, and homes are still selling two weeks faster than that time frame. And that was a good market. Uh, for those in, that were in, in 2019, that was a pretty good market to be a seller in. Mortgage rates are slow, uh, slowly easing down, but buyers are still constrained by cost. Dropping your price to meet buyers where they're at is a common strategy, more so than typical at this time of the year, depending on price point, location, et cetera, as we all uh, know and understand in our local markets. All right, so let's look at some more of the, the market trends per Zillow's report. Monthly costs for a new mortgage are fallen. Uh, driven by that decline that we've been experiencing. Rates are still above 7%, which are impacting demand and are pushing home values down. Uh, I'd argue that the seasonality of the market is what is dampening values right now because we hit all-time highs on values leading into 8%. Uh, so to make the case that rates are pushing values down, we hit all-time highs this year uh, during the peak of the season. And we may very well do that next year. Now, Zillow on their projection uh, doesn't have that being the case. Zillow has 
the projection of a you know, price appreciation being flat in 2024. That's down from just a couple months ago being at 6.6% positive on price appreciation. But to say that right now, uh, the decline that the mortgage rates are pushing home values down, I don't think tells the whole story because as as rates were going up higher than they even are today during season, we had all-time highs. Uh, some sellers are returning to the market, according to Zillow, contributing to a decrease in the new listing shortfall from 35% below pre-pandemic norms to 14%. Uh, okay, let's look at month over month. Home values rose in only two of the 50 largest U.S. metro areas. Month over month, that'd be Miami at 0.3%. And Las Vegas at 0.1%. The largest drops in home values month over month were New Orleans, 1.6%. Talked about them a bunch uh, yesterday for other reasons. Austin, negative 1.3%. San Antonio, minus 1%. Minneapolis, minus 1%. And San Francisco, negative 0.8%. Um, so month over month, the only two gainers being Miami and Las Vegas. Not surprising to me to see fewer month-over-month, month, or, or very few, month-over-month month gains right now. We're, we're, again, in the seasonal seasonal time frame when you typically would see. Just look at this chart from Zillow, right? Going all the way back to 2019, right? This time of year is when, on any given year, you're going to see these seasonal declines uh, that happen in price. It's, it's why if if you're a buyer in the winter months, uh, during that during this time of year, during the holiday time of year, if there's inventory that's attractive to you, you can likely find a better deal now than you could when there's more competition, which would be, you know, starting up in February and in March and in April when there's the majority of the buyers in the market. This chart here. Uh, different highs and different lows for every individual market. You could pull data out of your MLS or or somewhere else from your local market, and it's going to look like this 99.9% of the time. There's going to be peaks on that given year, and there's going to be valleys, and those valleys are, set your watch to it, typically always in the winter in almost every single market. This This holiday season when... People will withdraw from the market and you will have just, you know, essentially serious uh, sellers in the market that need to sell and, um, you know, serious buyers, obviously, that need to buy and they need to come together and make a deal on a certain timeline and that can impact the pricing here. So looking at, you know, if we look at 2019, look at where that high is. That high is in June, Okay. If we look uh, 2020, it was a little later that year, but September. 21 was May. Um, last year, 22, happened to be in April. April here in 2023. But the bottoms are going to be typically, there you go, December, January. Um, 21 happened to be September, but you can see pretty close there in December. And December for 2022. And what do you know? Here we are on the downside. We're November 2023, but you would imagine December will go a tick lower. So you can set your watch to this. Zillow's own chart tells that story 
of seasonality. And, and if you if you went back actually 10 or 15 years, which Zillow's chart uh, is not doing here, if you went back maybe in your MLS 10 or 15 years and did that month over month chart that we're looking at, you would actually see more consistency on what I'm talking about where, where you know, if you go 2000 and say 12 to 19, those seven years, you will see consistency of the bottom of the market December, December, maybe a January in there, but it's going to be December very consistently almost every single year on prices. So that's my take on um, where on price uh, appreciation on, on home prices not being pushed down right now by mortgages. In fact, we've seen mortgage demand go up the last three or four weeks, according to Mortgage Banker Association, but being pushed down due to the seasonality of the market in which we always see home prices come down this time of year. Uh, here's Zillow's outlook on, or, or not outlook, reporting on um, the home value for going all the way back pre-2004. And, and here's that record that I'm talking about being set this year, uh, the, the higher peak above last year. But we saw this this season, not only seasonal drop, but uh, a drop that reacted to the rates last year in 2022. Uh, we'll see if um, we go as low on our uh, seasonal winter timeframe this year as we did last year as the next few months play out but so far with uh new orleans coming in at negative 1.6 month over month new orleans being one of the you know areas that is just being impacted the most across the board uh you, you have a higher delinquencies or um you have higher i'm sorry the report we had yesterday was you have a higher percentage of underwater homes in new orleans than anywhere else it was also projected beginning of the year to be one of those markets that that lost uh, values more than anyone else. Uh, but being at 1.6 month over month, and then Austin 1.3, San Antonio one, um, you know, we're not. It's, there's not a cliff here happening uh, in in any of these markets. Okay, home values are higher than last year, though. When we go year over year, in 37 of the largest 50 metro areas. That's what I'm talking about with. Uh, the record peaks that were set this year. Annual home appreciation is strongest in Hartford at 11.3%, Milwaukee at 8.5%, San Diego at 7.6%, Providence at 7.4%, and Boston at 7.2%. Those are huge gains on annual year-over-year home uh, value appreciation. The largest value drops year-over-year were in New Orleans, 8.9%, Austin, 8.2% uh, negative, San Antonio down 3%, Jacksonville down 1.5%, and Memphis down 0.9%. Uh, so you see New Orleans and Austin are really leading the charge on uh, home values that are dropping. Inventory trends, new listings improving, down only 14% for pre-pandemic levels compared to a 34.8% shortfall in April. So gradually chipping away um, you know, week by week at this inventory crisis, total inventory de decreased by 5.3% from October, 2% lower than last year and 37.2% lower than pre pandemic levels. Um, asking rents across the uh, U S decreased by 0.2% in November following seasonal norms. Uh, that number will play into our CPI report. 
uh, as we can as we're going to look at shelter there in just a bit. Typical U.S. rent. Uh, Zillow has up three point three percent from last year. There's been a lot of reports that show it down a percent. So Zillow's got uh, typical U.S. rent up three point three percent year over year. That would support what I've been, uh, you know, been saying is you know too high that shelter CPI. That would support. Uh, the year-over-year increase, although uh, shelter on CPI is much higher than 3.3% year-over-year. Rent growth, rent growth is stronger for single-family homes than multifamily homes, 4.8 versus 2.5. All right, there's your uh, Zillow report on uh, November. Let's take a look at uh, a very seasonal brand, which would be Macy's and their real estate portfolio. Macy's... Uh, for, for many of us that grew up going to big, large shopping malls, Macy's was always one of those anchor stores in almost every mall in America. Well, now Macy's is in a different situation. They have a buyout proposal on the table from Arc House Management and Brigade Capital Management. They submitted a buyout proposal for Macy's for the entire brand and company valued at $5.8 billion on December 1st. This has led to a surge in Macy's shares. Macy's, when they made the offer, uh, had a value of $17 per share. And this offer of $5.8 billion reflects $21 per share. So typically when you see that, um, you will have a rally in the stocks. And that's what uh, this report in the Wall Street Journal is referring to. Now, Arkhouse Management, which is one of the... Um, you know, buyers here along with Brigade is known for real estate investments specifically. Brigade Capital is more retail focused. So there's a good partnership there. They're more interested in Macy's uh, Arc House for the real estate holdings. Macy's owns more than 300 of its 783 stores as of January with an additional uh, lease locations and mixed ownership. Now, listen to this. This is for real estate folks. This is Really interesting. I think it validates how valuable real estate is and what we do. Analysts estimate the value of uh, Macy's real estate to be around $6 billion. Wait a minute. Analysts are saying the real estate is worth 300 of its 783 stores being owned. The real estate is worth $6 billion. But the buyout proposal is $5.8 billion. If they didn't own any real estate, Essentially, what I'm reading here is that there would be no offer for Macy's. They'd be worth zero dollars if there was no um, if there was no offer if there was no real estate being owned. And so, for you know, businesses that um, you know, Macy's probably still has some brand equity, and I and I know they tried to reposition their brand to go into um, so, you know, some more of more of the. Uh, not not the freestanding malls, but more of the chain, you know, commercial uh, strip mall type of uh, locations. They've they tried to make that that's uh, pivot about a year ago, and so there's probably still brand equity on Macy's, whether it's you know online or or doing something like that, like think of Kohl's or you know uh, a Saks Fifth Ave that's you know in some of these freestanding uh, strip malls as opposed to anchoring a mall. Uh, it shows you how much. The real estate is actually the value in a lot of businesses. And, you know, for the businesses that are only always leasing their office space, there's at the end of the road. I mean, a lot of 
think of insurance business or real estate businesses. When you own the building, it can be a great forced savings and appreciation plan for that business owner at time of retirement. If you're going to have an office or a commercial space for 10, 20, 30 years, uh, the value in owning it is it's invaluable. I mean, just look at the, the McDonald's movie founder, right? That whole business was built on owning the real estate, not necessarily, uh, or the value anyways, the real equity and exit in that business was based off of the real estate, not necessarily um, the burgers. Okay. Uh, so just, uh, I thought that was interesting. Let's jump right into uh, what I find the most interesting every 45 or 30 days or so when we get one of these reports. And that's November 2023's Consumer Price Index Report, CPI data. This shares a one-month uh, and a 12-month change in CPI. Also has additional details on food, energy, shelter, and other categories. All right, so let's break this down. And I love to go to the first page, as always, on the News Release Bureau of Labor Statistics, U.S. Department of Labor, which releases this every single month. Uh, today, being December the 12th, it was released at 8.30 a.m. Now, it's a, it was the release was embargoed until 8.30 a.m. I'm assuming with the FOMC meeting today, with Jerome Powell and the Fed meeting today, they probably got this release earlier because they're going to take this into consideration. Uh, usually in the second line, they always lead off with what seems to be the same uh, the same line almost every month lately. The index for shelter continued to rise in November, offsetting a decline in the in the gasoline index. Uh, the in- energy, because gasoline came down here uh, over the, over the last month, is what they're talking about. So, uh, shelter continues to be one of those major drivers, or the major driver, on CPI. Uh, if you go, if we go down here to the next paragraph. The index for all items, less food and energy, uh, basically that's c- called core CPI. Okay, so all items, less food and energy would be core CPI. When you include food and energy, um, y- you just have the CPI, the, the consumer price index. So core CPI, uh, which rose 0.3% in November after rising 0.2% in October. Uh, the index for apparel, household furnishings, uh, or I'm sorry, indexes which increased in November include rent, owner's equivalent rent, medical care, and motor vehicle insurance. That owner's equivalent rent is the one that I have a major problem with. We've gone back uh, over time over this year and and looked at the Wall Street Journal article uh, that talks about owner's equivalent rent, talks about other countries that don't use owner's equivalent rent. If in fact we didn't use owner's equivalent rent, which is a made up number, it's a survey uh, that was done in the eight, you know, started in the eighties where you call you know, somebody at their home and say, hey, what, what would your home rent for? If you had to go rent that same home, what would it rent for? So this is a made up number. It, it's not a real number. It's not data from CoStar or from, you know, apartments.com. It's not data from Zillow or anywhere else that you would go and access data from today if you were really interested in learning about where rents are heading. It is a made up number that people provide over the phone. And so, uh, you know, I've got a real problem with X. Why don't we just use real-time accurate data, technology, and our ability to 
uh, you know, source this data has grown significantly since then. Uh, but again, we're pointing towards owner's equivalent rent as one of the drivers uh, leading up the this CPI number. All right. So top line numbers for you. Uh, the CPI for all urban consumers, CPI uh, dash U, did increase 0.1% in November. This is following, if you remember back to October, we were flat. There was no increase. Uh, what did analysts want? What did investors want? We wanted another flat reading. We got a 0.1% tick up, though, as opposed to a flat. Over the last 12 months, the all items uh, index increased 3.1%. That's before seasonal adjustment. Last last month, we were at 3.2, so that did come down, but that met expectations. So expectations were, okay, we'd be flat again month over month. That didn't happen. We were up 0.1. Expectations were that when you look over the last 12 months, we would be at 3.1, down from 3.2. That did happen. So a little bit stingy here. Uh, the, uh, you know, a little bit, yeah, a, a little stingy is inflation, I guess, uh, is what I'm trying to say. It's it's not coming down as much as we'd like it to. Uh, the index for shelter, but 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 let me um back up there. Not coming down as much as we'd like it to, but this isn't a, you know, catastrophic report. This isn't going to get the Fed to flip here on their meeting today and tomorrow and go and interest the increase the federal interest rate. That hasn't changed. Investors are still. 95 plus percent confident that there will be no increase over the next couple of days during that FOMC meeting. Uh, the index for shelter again continued to rise in November. Um, and let's go into take a look at uh, shelter here. I'll bring up the I'll, I'll bring up the actual report. This is a the, when they do these uh, CPI reports, it, we're we're talking about 38 pages of data. So. Um, we've got our show notes obviously available for you. So, you know, if you're a BAMX member, um, and you want the show notes, here's basically, you're looking at what's most important out of that 38 pages right here as it pertains to overall CPI, as well as the, uh, shelters numbers and the, the owner's equivalent rent. So you'll have all of this, uh, as well as the other two topics, laid out for you in BAMX if you're a member of BAMX. If you're not a member of BAMX, you can use code HOT to get 10% off. Okay, taking a look now at shelter. Uh, in And we'll just run through the, the months here. May, shelter went up 0.6. June, it went up 0.4. July, 0.4. August, 0.3. Started to see a downtrend there. We're like, okay, here we go. Uh, but then September popped to 0.6. October down to 0.3. Now November back up to 0.4. Unadjusted 12 months for shelter, uh, up 6.5% for uh, shelter overall. Taking a deeper look now, I'll flip over to uh, where we actually see owner's equivalent rent, and we'll take a look at that here on the table. Uh, owner's equivalent rent, which makes up, I mean, th this is how egregious this is. Owner's equivalent rent, uh, oh, it just it just jumped on me here. Let me find this again. My apologies. Here it is. Owner's equivalent rent of residences. This number here, this 25.825. I don't know. I guess I can't zoom in here. Uh, won't let me zoom in. Anyways, the number is 
Um, let me flip back to it. My iPad is being psychotic. All right, here we go. 25.825. That's the percent this made-up survey, owner's equivalent rent, makes up of CPI. It makes up 25%. Shelter overall makes up 34.9% of the pie, you know, of the meaning towards CPI. Um, so rent of primary residence is only 7.6, okay, of, of that number. Where the, uh, so shelter makes up, shelter overall is that 34.9% of the pie. It's up 6.5% year over year, well above, you know, the 3 or 3.1 that we're at overall. Rent of primary residence is up 6.9% year over year. Uh, at, at how they measure inflation. I, I mean, the highest number I've seen on rent prices is that Zillow number at 3%. Um, we know rents mostly, and there's other reports that have it down negative 1%. Rents have come down. They've decelerated dramatically over the last year. But this owner's equivalent of rent is up 6.7% uh, year over year, and it's making up 25% of the puzzle. And, and there's just, there's some people, a Barry Sternlight from Starwood Capital, uh, who controls you know billions and billions of dollars? Uh, who looks at this stuff every single day because he owns hundreds of thousands of uh, rental units across the country? You know he, he points to this number all the time. Not enough people do point to it. He says you pull this number out, you've got inflation basically at the two percent Fed target. Uh, that's that's where of course Jerome Powell on. On this week, he's going to point towards that and say, hey, we got to get to 2%. Hopefully, he will say, um, hopefully, he will say that, you know, we have seen deceleration because overall, we have seen that. Uh, Jody, um, do you do the show? How long does it take to prepare each morning for this show? The show notes are uh, actually prepared by our senior editor here at BAM, Vanessa Bowman. You probably read some of her articles on nowbam.com. Uh, when we first started the show uh, this year, when we launched in January, I was preparing all the show notes. Um, now, Vanessa and I have come to uh, a formula that works where we're both, you know, inputting uh, topics in. She's preparing the actual notes, the notes that you receive. Uh, the, her notes are much more organized than mine were, uh, much, much easier to consume. Uh, but pr show preparation each show, each every day takes about an hour uh, to sometimes even uh, an hour and a half for each show, uh, each and every single day. So appreciate all of you guys that have been with us here this year on these shows. Make sure you hit subscribe and hit the bell. Thanks for the question, Jody. Uh, Nick T from Wall Street Journal had some charts up this morning. The core CPI, uh, which was up 0.3% in November from October, that was in line with expectations. So core was in line where... Um, the CPI, the overall CPI, was the one that did slightly meet expectations. Core CPI, again, is if you take out food and energy. It's all goods and uh, services there minus um, food and energy. So this held the 12-month core inflation rate at 4%. It brought the six-month annualized rate down to 2.9% in November. That's down from 3.2% in October. So core on a six-month you know, had a pretty big drop there. The 4% on the 12-month core inflation still obviously uh, way too high as the Fed is fighting to get all these numbers down to two. The uh, consumer price index rose 
that point one that we mentioned that is what missed expectations but the 3.1 on the 12 month uh inflation rate was what met expectations the six month annualized rate is also holding at 3.1 percent but you can see here in the charts um that nick t provided from wall street journal that we have see seen significant deceleration uh, on inflation but still a little bit too sticky we'll see ultimately how um the fed will react uh to these numbers energy was again the biggest driver uh the numbers would have would have been worse had it not been for the energy decline um that we've seen here over the last 12 months and uh, you see here all items food all items less food and energy all up energy the big driver down all right what are we what else are we rooting for to go down we'd be rooting for that tent year okay what are investors uh as they consume this data here this morning cpi feeling about the market the 10 year treasury yield's a great indicator and it's basically flat we're sitting here at 4.240 uh maybe just more wait and see to see what Jerome Powell says this uh coming uh tomorrow afternoon and and we'll uh, break it all down here on Thursday's show 30 year obviously follows the 10 year quite closely and yesterday we remained essentially flat from where we ended the week on Friday from at 7.09 on Friday up to 7.1 uh, yesterday on the 30-year fixed. If we get um, any good signs from Jerome Powell, you could see these numbers potentially uh, potentially go down. We'll see how they react. Obviously, nobody knows, but we'll see how they react as the week closes out. Uh, one thing I thought that was interesting, this is just a survey, a CNBC uh, Fed survey. Uh, they do this once a month. And it's 35 respondents that take the survey. They include economists, strategists, and analysts. Uh, this Fed survey that was just released this morning um, says that the Fed is going to start cutting rates middle of the year. I know that was a question yesterday, middle of the year in 2024. And the chance of a soft landing now, according to these economists on this survey, is high. Here's the forecast from the CNBC Fed survey for uh, the federal interest rate end of the year. So not drastic cuts end of the year, having us uh, down about three quarters of a point uh, from where we are today. And then December, 2025, another three quarters of a point there. Uh, so maybe some slow uh, cutting instead of rapid cuts, like they did rapid increases to the fed rate. Uh, October forecast was 42% of a soft landing. Now currently uh, the 35 respondents on this survey uh, of economists and market leaders say it's 47% chance for a soft landing. Uh, recession moving down 49 to 41. Those are big jumps in the way economists feel, uh, you know, based off of just a 30-day time period. These are pretty big swings. So, so you've got a, a large, you know, a, a significant anyway, percentage of these respondents swinging from recession to non-recession uh just 30 days later based on you know some of the economic data that they have uh seen and and considered here over the last 30 days okay so uh th there's the latest cnbc survey we'll continue to monitor uh what's going on here with the economy and as it relates to housing as we do each and every single day here on the hot sheet subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss a hot sheet. And to get the show notes from every single one of our shows, as well as all of the daily downloads, which include the charts 
uh, and all of the information here on every single show. Make sure you're a BAMX member. Use code HOT to get 10% off of BAMX today. And I will see you back here. Actually, I'll see you on the live channel or on the main channel here, two o'clock with a real word podcast. And it's episode 300 that we're celebrating. So a little bit of a special uh, podcast today. Episode 300 will be up on the channel at 2 p.m. All right, I'll see you back here, obviously, on the hot sheet tomorrow morning. Till then, toodaloo.